Oh Dear podcast. My name is Nicholas Joseph Widmer. I am the senior president, uh, CEO, and uh, actually treasurer too now. Um, uh, and I pretty much do most of the work around here. I mean, you know, I think this has been my idea from the beginning. And, you know, I write the scripts for both of them. So whatever they're the saying, scripts. I wrote. So, you know, I just feel like this is like my project that I've graciously allowed my friends to join because I'm just you know, not good it is funny whenever you see a podcast is scripted, you're like, you guys worked that hard on this? <laughs> How do you, Brett, I, when I wrote the script, I did it italicized for the word that and what he just said. And he, Brett just nailed the line. Did you hear Thank that? You. So good, dude. Good oh, job. Good. Man. Thanks, man. Good line delivery. I, I like the script. I got it last night. I looked at it. And uh, I didn't like the part where uh, I thought it was weird when you had me and Christian kiss over webcam. But um, the guy, spoilers, dude, come on. <laughs> yeah, speaking of men kissing, this is a very side thing, and I know that sounds like it's going to be loaded. Apparently, in the original one of the original scripts of Goodwill Hunting, written mm-hmm. of course by Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. They sent it out to a bunch of people, and this one producer, he's, pr- he's a pretty big-name producer. That's what you need to know for the story. He <laughs> read it, and he goes, dude, this is an awesome script. What was up with that uh, gay love scene between you and Robin Williams' character? And Matt Damon was like, oh, yeah, we didn't want that in there. We just put it in there to see if people were actually reading it. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, he included a gay love scene just to see if producers were actually getting that far in the script. Yeah, I think to add context to that, I think I've heard this story, too. And I think it was because they kept getting all these weird notes from producers. And they're like, are they even reading it? So like (laughs) to test to see if they were actually reading it before they were giving notes. They put that in there, and only one producer came back going like, "Hey, what's up with that weird blowjob scene?" Oh, <laughs> that was the people I think they ended up making the movie with too. And even more context, which is like, it wouldn't even matter, but it is kind of interesting now. That one producer is Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that who it is? Yeah, oh, it is. I was gonna say, was it Harvey? Yeah. Harvey Weinstein? It definitely was. He's the only one that. It's so that's such an interesting thing because it's like it's a nice anecdote for the time, but now you go like, he's the only one who read it and like found a weird objectionable thing with the gay blowjob scene. Well, it's what this is the problem too is like we we don't have the ability as a society to recognize two things can be true at the same time. One, right. Harvey Weinstein was an excellent producer and one, he was a fucking monster. You yeah. know, like it's like Bill Cosby was one of the best stand-up comedians of all time. That didn't change because of this, you know, rape right. stuff, um, which is a funny way of putting it, rape stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, so like there's a weird way of like the thing that I that annoys me about cancel culture is like it, you can't like you, you can still recognize these things and it's even more of like a tragic... Um, We've tale of like don't worship idols and things like that it's like you know the reason why bill cosby and harvey weinstein got away with it for so long is because like people like were involved and like you know there's there's a couple things here that i want to talk about one i think it would have been hilarious if harvey weinstein and cosby were made cellmates in whatever prison they were (laughs) (laughs) now that's a movie (laughs) that's a movie Two, have we ever talked about how there's a there's a all time list of like greatest comedians by one of those publications, you know, Variety, whatever. Sure. Yeah. And um, I remember 
you know, you check the list and I remember like came out in 2015 and maybe they do it every like five, three years or something. And then uh, in 2015, Bill Cosby was ranked, I believe, number two uh, behind Richard Pryor. Yeah. yeah. And then the uh, post and then like the following year, they updated it. And rather than either leave him or take him off completely, they notched him down to number nine. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I mean, is that really the message you're trying to send that like 55 at least cases of sexual assault is worth seven spots lower <laughs> on the... So if he does 120, is he now like number I, 16? And like, I love the idea of like the news breaking and you're like, Oh my God, that's how many women? Jesus. Well, I guess George Carlin's a better comedian than him now, so we have to remake our list. <laughs> well, you just, know, it's interesting. Yeah. A comedian, there's a comedian in New York, Doug Smith, who uh, stopped the sexual assault. He has like a big, like, I think it's on his first album or something like that, but like he has a big story about like how he has a scar on his face. I don't know if you know him, but he has a scar on his face. I always wonder what it was about. And he told him, he talked about it in stand up where he saved a woman from like sexual assault in the subway and some dude slashed his face. I was like, so is he by the default, like number five on the list now? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you stop one, do you get, do you go yeah. higher? Dude, I love Doug Smith. Can't, funny dude. Can't write a uh, joke to save his life, but because yeah. he did that, he can't. Doug Smith absolutely can. I'm just saying. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. In this hypothetical, I was yeah. actually thinking of a different Doug comedian, yeah. and Doug Smith is funny. There's another Doug comedian who is the type of guy who hung around the pair a lot, who seems like the type of guy who would have been stopped. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, you know what Doug I might be talking about, Doug. Uh, Doug uh, Bryan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Doesn't I get matter. The, I get the uh, perception, but he's actually a really, uh, really good dude. Yes, speaking he is. Of, speaking of Dougs, I wanted to bring up one quick thing that I like. I was looking at Amazon earlier today, and uh, there's these things called zigzags. Do you know what zigzags are? No. no. Sounds like a okay. racial slur. I'll, I'll get, I'll get back right. to this. <laughs> <laughs> Zigzags are moving in. Zigzags coming to the community, opening up stores. Fucking, Taking um, our jobs. But uh, so Zigzags, it made me think of uh, this old episode of Doug. Uh, the show Doug. Uh, Christian, where... you're a loser, man. <laughs> <laughs> but it made me think of Doug where like one day he was like, in the gym or, or like in the track or something like he was outside and he found some zigzags on the ground and the whole episode was like who are these zigzags oh my god and then it was like a drug episode like oh. you know what i mean like drug t uh, doug taking on drugs like mm. he found out who it was and like i'm just using them to like have fun and zigzag and then i felt i was like what are zigzags like by context clues if you watch the episode when I was like 12 or whatever, I was like, it's clearly like some kind of drug, right? So I looked up zigzags and they're like rolling papers. That's it. They're just rolling papers. It's like <laughs> nothing else. I'm just like, they're so, it's just so funny to me because it's like for a kid's show, if you want to do a drug episode, you can't use drugs. So you have to use like, oh, they probably went through like, all right, what can he find? Like a glass pipe, like a, a pipe, a bong, no. like you can't find a bong in a school. That doesn't make sense. And they're like, we can't call them rolling papers. We can't call it a joint. What do we call it? Zigzags, which is like the 1920s term for it. He zigzags, yeah. yeah. He's all hopped up. It's like that is, 
it's like in Saved by the Bell when she like basically they're doing their drug episode, but they had to give her caffeine pills instead of like fucking oh my God. crack or coke or whatever. But I still like if they have her like actually fucking snorting it and like put the <laughs> needle in her asshole. <laughs> yeah, I love this idea, by the way, of the Weinstein Cosby prison movie. You yeah. can call it the Bucket List Two. <laughs> <laughs> and number one on their list is they're like, all right, what do we got? Get exonerated. <laughs> oh man. That's the zigzag thing. That is very funny, you know, because did he ever do the drugs or did he just see them and like, cause, or did he like, f- you know, fill a rolling paper with other rolling papers? Be like, yeah, I'm going to smoke a rolling paper. He saw them and he was trying to figure out who it was and try to get them help, which I think it ended up being Patty for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't remember. One of my favorite quotes of all time was, I think it was either what? Todd Todd Portnowitz or something. <laughs> he just said, uh, this is 18-year-old Todd Portnowitz, so just don't judge him. But it was like, he goes, Patty Mayonnaise with a cock tease. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was his quote or not, but he's the one I remember. <laughs> Great. 100% yeah. true. I liked how you, you said like it was 18-year-old him, so don't, you know. Well, yeah, just, I, don't I was like, oh, what, what's he say? He probably called someone gay. <laughs> and then I was like, is that really going to be one of your favorite quotes of all time, an 18-year-old? <laughs> In 2003, going, dude, this shit's gay. <laughs> that would be if they remade Doug, like, uh, Roger would definitely be gay. Yeah. Like, they would write it into his character. He's a bully. Because, That's why he was a bully, yeah. Because I just suppress my own. And I'm like, all right, all right. What Give do you guys what? think about that? When they, like, when they made Arthur, everybody got, the conservatives got really pissed off on uh, about that. Um Basically, in that show, Arthur, the the animated show, I also remember it more as a book series when I grew up. Like we would always go to the book fair and get Arthur books. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, Arthur, um, they added a like in the last season. Like I think like Arthur gets married to a guy or like somebody in the. In, I should have the story, but like isn't he like nine? To a guy, yeah, something Arthur. like that. I think it was the teacher gets married to a guy. I don't even know, but basically, like there's this storyline in Arthur uh, where. Like they just randomly made a character gay at the end, and um, how how can people get mad at? They're like, don't do that. It's unrealistic. It's a fucking talking <laughs> bear. Like that's what I always like. That's the funniest thing is when people get upset about. Like I'm like, really? Were you? Have you been all in on all 26 seasons of Arthur, and you're just like so pissed off at the end right now? Like you haven't watched uh, it since you were 10. It's like if you're mad about something like that, you know what? Write your own fanfic, make them straight as fuck, and then move on (laughs) with your life. (laughs) But you know what the thing is, dude? This is the thing that kind of. If you're really mad, just write a storyline. They petitioned to rewrite Star Wars. They're like doing it to rewrite the last season of Arthur. That'd be amazing if they like uh, record it still recording off VHS, but recorded like the episode and then just like cut it. And it's just like, they animate their own, but it's all like, um, like lined paper and drawings. <laughs> so they cut it back in with like the shittiest animation of them being straight. <laughs> I just think that like, also, by the way, like you could look at it cynically, like, dude, no one was ever going to acknowledge the last season of Arthur. Like, it wasn't going to be in the, yeah. the news, the press. So if you were the no. creator of that show, 
you'd be like, dude, let's just make him gay. We'll actually get yeah. some, <laughs> we'll get some eyes on this thing. Right. <laughs> Last episode, Arthur dies. Like it doesn't, it really doesn't matter. You're like, yeah. Arthur becomes a terrorist. <laughs> they really should just go off the rails with it and be like, fuck it. He joins ISIS. Like we had him, <laughs> we had him sell lemonade enough times. You know, we had him stuff. Like, why not be more fun with it? But it's also like, it's weird. Cause it, I don't know the show. Like, I, obviously it's a show. I stopped I watching play. after they made him gay. I had to turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like it's a serial show. You know what I mean? Like, most of those kid shows are just, like, refillable shows where, like, you know, it's not like the things that happen in the season two or, you know, have anything to do with season eight. And, like, episode four doesn't have anything to do with episode 16 or whatever. Although it should be serial if he's gay. It would be weird if every other episode it just keeps switching. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like, oh, fuck it. He's gay for this one. And all right, now he's straight. And uh, they don't ever address it. And now he's going to be Polly for this one. And there's no through line of his sexuality. You're just watching. You're like, are they showing these out of order like it doesn't, it doesn't really make sense you know what's weird though like in in real life when i walk through life i just see like if you see an interracial couple couple or like diversity of any sort i don't even i don't notice it like i don't care in any way but when i see it on like tv and fictionalized stuff i go all right like yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it's so written yeah it's so written it's it's not it's so um it's just kind of artificial. It's something right. about it. Because I feel like every time they do something like that, the, the writer afterwards goes, meh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. There's something about it where I'm like, I don't care that. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, it doesn't like offend me, but it just seems so contrived and like, right. so like such a political move. Well, right. it's, it's kind of how like all of our entertainment is becoming a bit of a political ad. Like yeah. every piece of entertainment now kind of a little bit has to have one of everything. Yeah. And I'm not even mad about it. It's just, that's kind of what it is. Yeah. Uh, because everyone is like, we have to be the census. Like we have to. Yeah. And you're like, you know what? No, you can write a show where it's just five white chicks or fuck it six black guys in a truck or that sounds like a moving company but um like <laughs> it, it could just be whatever i don't care like ah, i just not everything every show is running for office it feels like yeah every show is like trying to paint paint like a utopia world that the creator wants right but it's not really an accurate representation of what the world is because people segregate naturally I mean, that's why there's Koreatown. That's why there's Chinatown. That's why, the, you know what I mean? Like, it's not so much. There are definitely some redlining and things along that line that kind of keep things like that to some degree. Uh, but, like, people want to live. It's like a natural thing that people want to live next to. Honestly, the only people who don't care are white people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, white people move to, like, other people's neighborhoods all the time. Yeah. Like, oh, dude, know, we'll light up any neighborhood, man. We'll, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll fucking, fucking we'll <laughs> drapes up. We'll make this, you know. We'll turn that, we'll turn that authentic Mexican joint into a Tex Mex spot real quick. <laughs> oh, yeah, put some of that Tex in there. Come on. Some of that Chipotle <laughs> flavor. <laughs> yeah, it is funny. The, the last thing that I saw that like made me think that was, uh, it's called Love Life. And I think it's on like HBO Max. It's a really good show. But the thing is, like, it's Anna Kendrick who's like 
the epitome of white girl or whatever. And uh, she's in um, she's in New York and she's like dating around and all this stuff. She has a baby with like an Asian guy and then she ends up with like this charming British black guy at the end of the show. And I'm just like, we're like, she only hangs out with not non-white people. Like she doesn't have any other white yeah. friends whatsoever. Yeah. And I'm like, it's fine. Like it's, it's okay. It's just like, and then, and then naturally I have to look up who wrote the show and it's just like some white dude. And I'm like, yeah, no okay. shit. Like, it's like some scared dude, either that, or he was like told by the studio, Hey, we, we got to diverse this up. And it's like, and it can't just be, it's also funny to me. It can't just be like, she can't end up with a fucking dude from Brooklyn. You know what I mean? She has to end up with like a charming black British guy. <laughs> oh yeah. They always do that too. Especially the black men. They always like the black men get casted. They either pick like nerdy black men or British black men or something. You can't just yeah. be like a fucking. You can't be fifty black cent. Guy the Bronx. Yeah, you can't be fifty cent. Like, it, they're still so it's still racial. They still pick like the safe, the people yeah. who they think white people will like. You know what I mean? It's yeah. so stupid. Well, it's yeah, and that's what it is. That show is probably like an extended cut of the Gillette ad. Well, uh, the toxic masculinity to Gillette had yeah. <laughs> where they had a 28 year old startup white guy looking motherfucker cat call a woman. And then his startup looking black friend was like, yo dude, come on, man. We don't do that. Like, oh, <laughs> neither of those people have ever done either of those things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's stupid, man. Like I will, when you, when you just abruptly change a character too, like they made like the Silver Surfer gay or something like that. Did they? Like, yeah, I that think so. All right. Something like that. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, yeah, I can see. <laughs> but like, it kind of like acknowledges that the characters don't matter, and they're that they're, like the writing doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. if you like if you were reading like a, a novel or something, like you're reading Harry Potter, right? And then just in the eighth book, they just made him gay. All of a sudden, you'd be like, "Wait, why? Why? Like, what's the reason to? What's why? It would well, just why be not Whitmer. The character was already established and written so well. So when you can just flip a switch and make a character gay, it kind of acknowledges that the character is very two dimensional anyway, and it doesn't really matter at all, and yeah. that they weren't developed in any way. So it kind of like pulls the veneer back of how stupid all all of this shit kind of is anyway. So yeah. that's something too that I think like when you just make a switch like that and you, cause it doesn't, cause it, that just means you never established anything about this character over the 20 years you've been writing him or whatever, especially in a comic book. This is a studio exec. I feel like giving notes on a script that was written. They go, okay, make her gay, make him black, <laughs> make him Chinese and in a wheelchair done. I'm going to lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think th i think that's it man um it yeah it's just like it it, it just seems cynical more than progressive to me yeah that's, it just yeah, seems so same. cynical but like at like it's hard to say it's hard to like rage against it because it yeah. is a positive thing so you don't want yeah. to sound like i don't want to sound like i'm like ugh, it makes me sick to see <laughs> exactly <laughs> Because, because there are people who do that. There are people who are literally like, fuck, I'm never watching that again. It just, uh, to me, the the reason they're doing it just doesn't seem sincere. Yeah, I remember is, one of them. Show business. show business is such, it's such a horseshit. Like, there's no, it's disingenuous. Everything that's done is done to sell more. It's not done out of the goodness of their heart. So the only reason why 
people do that with movies and stuff is because they're trying to not get canceled and they're trying to make more money. But that's what's so weird is I don't think that shit actually matters in terms of no one leaves a movie and goes, that was awesome. They had one of everything in it. They, (laughs) yeah, like you leave a movie and you go, oh, that was great. That was so funny. Or that was just a really good story. I, you know, I didn't leave, I didn't leave Parasite and go, finally, a South Korean movie. I left (laughs) Parasite and I was just like, that was fucking awesome. If there was an English version of it, it probably would be, there's, I will admit some of the compellingness came from me not even expecting it to be in South Korean, but that was like infinitesimal. That like keeps me like, oh, I didn't expect that for like 40 seconds. And then I'm like, okay, it's South Korean movie. Do you know what right. I mean? Yeah. Like if it was a shitty movie in South Korean, it wouldn't have mattered. But there are people that would that might walk out of a any movie and just be like, there were no people of color in that movie. There and are definitely like, people who do that. Yeah. And it's also to me like, is was that the only thing you noticed? In the, is, you were in there for two hours. You didn't see like the the car chases or anything. Like that's all you were thinking. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I think it's like it's such a weird thing to like again rage against because i'm not raging against it i just notice it and i think it's odd to me because uh, well it's 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 almost like another form of listen representation has absolute matter and value but i will say that when it seems to be your primary focus it gets to a point where it actually does feel belittling and like you're boiling people down into counting them by their race Because at, and, some, at, one, at some point or another, you're going to say no to a talented person. And the reason why is because of their race or gender doesn't match up with what it needs to be for the show to be considered something. So Yeah, but that's, that's fine. If you're good. casting a black guy from the hood and you make it me, you're probably going to have a bad result. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, totally. right. I mean, yeah, sure. But I feel like, like you said, though, when someone writes a script, like the writer of that script didn't just – most likely anyway, didn't just make this like, you know, rainbow of people in in the script, you know, maybe some do, I don't know. But like, I feel like what you said about the producer, I know you're joking, but I feel like that's probably what happens like some of the time where they're like, listen, this character needs to be black. This character so, needs to be gay. Uh, you know, a like- comedian, uh, we both, we all know, he had a meeting with a very famous director. Uh, I'll just even say his fucking name because who gives a shit? I'll never see him. Uh, his name is Paul Fagg. Paul Fagg was like Bridesmaids, I think, and a bunch of yeah. comedies that yeah, are Ghostbusters, big, big famous ones. He did the re- female reboot of the Ghostbusters. Yeah, a bunch of terrible comedies. Oh, dear. And this, this comedian <laughs> uh, told me about the meeting, and he pitched some of his ideas to him, and this director said, yeah, we're kind of doing the whole woman thing right now. And I was like, that's exactly why that's the whole woman thing. You're just going to call him a thing. Like you're not even doing it. It feels like for a good noble or proper reason. You just fucking belittle it to like the whole woman thing. You're not, are you trying to tell an actual good story or write something compelling? Yeah, that's the that's the shit of it is uh, that there's a lot of people like that. And that guy's movies show, like, by the way, like that's the thing about Bridesmaids. Like, I didn't like it. I get why people do like it. But what annoyed me the most about Bridesmaids is it was like the response to movies like The Hangover. And 
women will watch shows or like the women who I've heard critique those type of movies, like the hangover type movies, or like every female character is two dimensional. They're just nags and they're just put, they're just put in the screenplay as devices to be annoying this, that, and the other. And then they made bridesmaids and they literally, every male character is that every male character is a two dimensional shitty, just there to move everything along. And that's because that's what happens when you write a script. Like, when you you use some characters to develop the main characters, and then those smaller characters don't necessarily get a big arc, and it's, especially yeah. when it comes to like a like a comedy that's you know silly and it's not meant to be like this complete you know story masterpiece. Like The Hangover is not supposed to be like what I didn't see that coming. You know what I mean? It's supposed <laughs> to be a funny movie. So like those are the casualties of those things. And like <clears throat> I understand if you like The Hangover, if you're a woman who watches it and you thought the the, the male characters or the female characters are two dimensional and that's annoying to you, I understand that. But like, you do you also love bridesmaids? Because if that's the case, you the male characters are two dimensional shitty characters. Like it's just like and, a, and it's, it's like it's yeah it's a hundred. They got ninety to one hundred and ten minutes. Not everyone gets an arc. It is exactly what you yeah. said. You can't make everyone complex in 95 minutes. It just happens. And I think I would question, like, why is your takeaway always got to be like, oh, man, that guy was two-dimensional? Like, John, I actually like both those movies. John Hamm's character in Bridesmaids, super two-dimensional. But guess it what? It's kind of a caricature, and it's just funny. Like, I'm not, yeah. I'm not such a – I don't know. I'm not like oh, – that is an – it's not a portrayal of we got to get past think, thinking that a single character portrays an entire gender all the fucking time. Right. Yeah, that's what's like, I don't like and and you insult yourself when you do that. This is just a fucking movie. Like they're not trying to make statements. They're just trying to make a funny comedy and and it, like that's the thing too about like empowerment is like they try to make these movies to empower women and things like that but like I don't think women understand where confidence comes from. Like confidence doesn't come from empowerment. Confidence just comes from fucking delusion. Like, <laughs> like, like the reason why men are, have been so confident over the years isn't because in the fifties and sixties, men were called brave for their bathing suits. You know what I mean? Like, 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 did you like you guys? Did you guys watch the Michael Jordan documentary, the ten part one? No, but yes. it's hilarious that they made right. ten parts. Yeah, it's uh, it was amazing, but uh, Jordan. There's a nine eleven documentary that's only two parts. Go ahead. Well, yeah, but nine eleven was like fucking three and a half hours in a fucking Tuesday afternoon in September. Jordan's career was like fucking fifteen years long. Come on, <laughs> Come on. Oh, what are you, what are you, even, what are you talking about? Oh dear, that's a good. Uh, he makes a good point, though. You know, MJ's career had more societal ramifications. Uh, totally, totally, totally. totally. Never forget Michael Jordan's career. <laughs> hey, anyway. can I say a quick thing about 9-11 before you – can you pin a thing in your train of thought with? Oh, yeah, yeah. Why is – how come – is, What did you say? I said I'll always pause for a quick thing about 9-11. <laughs> here's, a, here's a quick thing about 9-11. Um, how come – I realized like – I'm sorry. I wish you would have said the funny thing about 9-11 is <laughs> – <laughs> well, it's, it is interesting because like New Yorkers have a New Yorkers have a lot of pride, and what's like the one of the New York sayings? Perhaps the most stereotypical New York saying is "forget about it." Mm-hmm. Yeah. But how come for the nine yeah. eleven catchphrase? Why are we not being prideful about our New York 
the New York roots on that. Why is it not never forget about it? <laughs> that is fucking hilarious. That's really, really funny. I don't think it would have the same ring to it though. But in some yeah, ways it's like, yeah, never forget about it. That's like what a that's what a guy in like Long Island would sell, like, <laughs> at like uh, the boardwalk. You know what I mean? That's when, <laughs> that's when we know we were so removed from nine eleven and the social impact and all that. Yeah. Is like in like 2035. There's gonna be nine eleven. Never forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I rewatched one of those nine uh, eleven movies, and I just thought like I watched it and the hijackers in the plane. I just wish there's more diversity there. You know, it's yeah, I know. All fucking Arab dudes, like just fucking racist as shit. Where there was dude, which, which yeah, movie did you watch? I'm just joking. Oh, I was gonna say. <laughs> no, 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 no. There is a movie where Liam Neeson. It's like taken on a plane. He's basically an action star on a plane that's like in the process of like a bomb on it or something, and uh, he has to like he's an air marshal and has to figure it out. And there's throughout the movie, there's different people that seem like maybe, and they have this white tech looking guy, and then this like tech black guy and then this uh you know business arab man and as soon as the arab man came on screen i was like 100 percent not fucking him because <laughs> yeah yeah they're course. not having they're not having the arab guy in this movie end up being the terrorist that's just all right you can cross him off the list anyway uh, wait oh go ahead chris sorry no, I was going to say it would be funny if Liam Neeson was a terrorist the whole time. <laughs> He's hunting himself. Oh. And then Mark Mark Wahlberg jumps up from his seat and just fucking cracks him in the head with a left hook. Mark, uh, Mark Wahlberg's in the movie for a grand total of 45 seconds, but he's like the hero at the end. Yeah. I don't know well, if we talk I don't know if we talked about this, but wouldn't that be crazy if that was Quentin Tarantino's last movie? It was like a, a 9/11 redo with Mark Wahlberg as the star where he yeah, <laughs> he saves I'd, the plane. I'd tune into that. <laughs> yeah, thought you could fucking hijack this plane. Not today. Huh? <laughs> oh man! Just shots of his feet where he's roundhouse kicking <laughs> terrorists. <laughs> Just slow mo on it. <laughs> oh man, that's fucking hilarious, dude. He really should do a. A remaking of 9-11 with like an awesome action movie ending. <laughs> it's a way more fun piece of art, man. He basically just remakes Con Air with uh, what's it called? Oh, by the way, my brother, um, my brother texted me, I think last night, he listened to the podcast where we were talking about doing a police academy movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, he actually offered a suggestion saying that like, uh, if they did a police academy movie, they should do it like, um, uh, because of defunding the police, like a bunch of people go like, oh, we can do the job better, right? So like a bunch of protesters become the police now, and then they start doing a good job, and then the old police are like, well, fuck this, and try to sabotage them. <laughs> and he also suggested there should be like a Con Air thing where there's a bunch of COVID patients on a flight that the police like make crash land <laughs> into into the city in order to like fuck up the uh the pro the new police academy and then at the end yeah. they have to have like a, a jokey like square off old police versus new police like tug of war like <laughs> you know what's funny police. that's actually the fucking angle i know really. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's actually the right that's angle it. is you it's know totally not like it. something uncomfortable at a cop actually I don't know if I should say this. Keep in mind, this is drawing board. But at one point, Christian and I 
and other people in the room that I'm adding for the sake of the story to diffuse responsibility <laughs> had a joke in which like a cop slips on a banana peel and shoots an individual. Anyway, <laughs> so Whitmer, that's a fucking brilliant way to put it, man. Yeah. I just thought it was really good. And shout out to Pedro Duran. Pedro Duran. Uh, if that movie gets written, he deserves a story by credit. <laughs> I wanted, so, bring, I wanted to bring up one real quick thing, and I just wanted to say that this morning I did the most adult and most childish thing at the same time, is I I ate a uh, <clears throat> s'mores Pop-Tart with black coffee. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say, I balanced my checkbook while taking a shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've never, like, I haven't had a, a Pop-Tart in years, and then... I don't know, we just had a craving for it. Got s'mores pop tarts with just black coffee. I was like, man, I don't think this combo's ever been done before. <laughs> That's very that is very funny, dude. It's a weird juxtaposition to be like, I want my I want a sweet breakfast, but I want a bitter coffee. <laughs> but that is a microcosm of who you are, Christian. Is you're in between eleven and ninety seven <laughs> years old. <laughs> You could have given me fifty-eight. <laughs> no, dude, you're you're okay, boomer. Uh, I do, <laughs> I do have problems forming thoughts and sentences. So, <laughs> yeah, yes, and you know, um, that's fucking great, man. We yeah, we but... had interrupted one of your trains of thought about. Oh, sorry, six tangents ago. No, it's this is what a podcast <laughs> is, man. It's all been gold. It's all been gold. Whitmer, are you yeah. cool with these interruptions? They've been good, right? <laughs> I don't even remember what we were talking about. Fuck. I told you to put a pin in it. Oh, uh, I, I think it was about Michael Jordan. I was just, it was the Michael Jordan documentary. I just don't think that it's the payoffs worth it, but I'll, I'll finish it in case anybody was waiting on my bated breath here. Um, in the Jordan doc, uh, there is a – the, my hope, my whole uh, thesis is that confidence does not come from empowerment. It comes from delusion. And uh, Michael Jordan is a perfect example. I think Michael Jordan is one of the most comp- uh, confident people ever. And there are times when his performances had to be completely self-manipulation. Uh, so here's what I mean. So there's a, a game, uh, like the mid-90s or whatever, um, there's a Washington Bullets player back when they were still the Bullets. He was a young guy who had some potential. It never ended up being much, but there was a game. The Bulls played the, the Bullets. This young player went off for like 35 points or something. Jordan didn't have a good game. The Bullets lost, or the, the Bullets won, the, Jordan, the Bulls lost. So the next game, um, they played each other, and Jordan was like, this guy was talking shit. This guy thinks because he fucking scored 35, he can come at me. I'm Michael Jordan. He's like, I'm going to hold this guy to no points tonight. This guy's <laughs> not going to score fucking basket tonight. So the next game they play, Jordan holds them to like four points, and then Jordan scores like forty, and the Bulls win. And everybody like has been applauding Jordan over the years, but it came out in the Jordan doc that that guy never said a word to him. He just made it all up. <laughs> he needed to have that thing. So like, my point is, is like confidence comes from delusion. It comes from people just believing shit that might or may not even be true about themselves and about other people, and they're like. It's like so. My whole point about like the the female empowerment and like making Ghostbusters and all these movies is like, it's like you need to. I don't think this empowerment is gonna create a whole generation of super confident women or something. I think 
you just need to be fucking delusional to be confident because most men are, you know, people make think we're confident. But I think most men who are perceived as confident are really insecure and they're hiding it. And there's only a few people in this. Society. I do not have a small dick. Okay. <laughs> there's very few people in society who are legit confident. And those people are fucking manipulating themselves like Michael Jordan. So anyway. You know what is funny with it about is like, I have a feeling the famous like tall tale or just whatever passed down story of one of them about MJ is like, he didn't make varsity basketball. Yeah. I bet that was made up and the coach is like, yeah, he did. What is he talking about? <laughs> Isn't the actual story, the real version, like MJ tried out like when he was in seventh grade and the coach was like, you should be on JV because you're in seventh grade. And then now was, forever. I think it was ninth grade. I think like when he was a freshman, he, he, he was on junior varsity. It's not that very crazy. Normal. It's very normal <laughs> for a freshman. To yeah. JV. But in MJ's head, and this is what makes MJ special, is in his Hall of Fame speech, he did actually, didn't he actually give that coach like a, yeah, fuck you, I made it? <laughs> like, no, totally. He called that guy out, like in his Hall of Fame speech. He called a bunch <laughs> of people out. He's like the most petty guy ever. It's amazing. That's where comp, that's where his greatness came from, is just unparalleled pettiness. Yeah. He's just yeah, a so dick. He's a lot out of spite. But if you can somehow convince yourself, his gift was to keep fueling himself with spite over and over again. Whereas like me, like I had a, a relationship that ended bad and that like I spite moved to New York City and started comedy to like follow the dreams I always want to do because I'm going to fucking show her. But that shit ran out like years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like it would be like me sitting here still in my head going, that fucking bitch doesn't know how good she, you know what I mean? Like, it'd be like, <laughs> it'd be like that would be psychotic. <laughs> yeah, what Whitmer says is her name during sex, not even yeah. in a sexual way, but just like, yeah, fuck you, Becky, you fucking asshole. Hilarious. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm Michael Jordan's coach is my motivation too. Petty if I were an amazing basketball player, sorry, Christian, I talked to you twice. But if I were an amazing basketball player, let's say I'm Kawhi Leonard or LeBron James, and I had a sense of humor, I think it would be really funny to also call out MJ's high school coach and say, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get 40 points today because you made Jordan sit on the bench. <laughs> like, what? When he hadn't been through puberty, you fucking dick. <laughs> Well, it's like that that old quote. It's uh, when the legend becomes fact, print the legend, you know? Yeah, or, Liberty Valance. Yeah. Um, never let the truth get in the way of a good story, which yeah. is a great quote, but also like so fucking wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it is. It's totally wrong. And I kind of feel like that's a little bit the media now. <laughs> yeah. Someone, Ted right. Koppel actually pointed it out. Ted Koppel's like this newsman, like very – and he came up old school newsman who's like, you don't put your opinion in it. Like opinions are reserved for editorial pieces and newspapers. Right. You know, you don't when you're doing the news, you don't put your opinion in it. Well, the the Washington Post had like a headline. It was after the State of Union. I forget what it was, but the headline was basically opinion. The whole yeah. headline was like Trump tried to do this, but really he did. You know what I mean? Like it's like, how is that the headline of a newspaper? Like there's no more like objectivity. There's no more. Uh, you know, reporting the news, it's the slant of telling people what to believe and the opinion is even in now the regular news, which is kind of dangerous. Yeah. Um, 
So, you know, we're all fucked. So I heard Dan Rather talk about it a couple of years ago about like it might have been even when Bush was in office. But like they were saying that like the press is afraid to get like um, <clears throat> is, to, is afraid to not have access to stuff. So like they're afraid of getting kicked out of like White House press conferences and stuff. So they don't ask like those questions or anything. But he goes like the thing is like in my days, like if you if you get kicked out of the white house press conference for asking a question that they didn't want you to ask, then the story is that you got kicked out of the white yeah. house press conference for asking yeah. a question, not, Oh, I better just not ask that question. Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard that too. It's like, you know, if you, if you're trying to get a story on somebody and like you call them, like asking to comment, call a call, call, and they don't ever answer. You don't just go there. They didn't say anything. You run like you go to where they are and then you just shove a microphone in the face and then yeah. let, let, them, let them say, I'm not answering that question. Then that's the story. Yeah. So but then, then, like we tried calling and they didn't respond, which is what all so many journalists say, by the way, like we reached out to Louis C.K.'s management and they refused to respond. It's like, well, yeah. So you sent an email. Good investigative journalism, you fucking idiot. That's funny. That's like they didn't respond. They didn't respond to Betches dot twiddle. Like, of course yeah. they didn't respond to your fucking yeah. blog. But it's like the, the, the when Louis was coming back to the Comedy Cellar. It's like they really they ran stories about how the, the crowd booed him, and then somebody leaked the audio, and he, they didn't boo him because and no journalist went down to interview anybody. They just fucking went on Twitter. Like that's the thing. You like journalism is is has been shit and it's not all journalism's fault it's because they have to compete with the fucking awful twitters and buzzfeeds and all whatever the fuck you know uh publications that don't have to do any journalistic uh, standards at all so like if you're a washington post reporter you know you you know you have to go and get you know a source and then corroborate the information with three other sources before you can print it but now that's gone now it's just you yeah. just need someone you need one source and then one speculation and you're good yeah but it then is- now when you do do your work and due diligence someone will just go yeah but one of your friends sucked at journalism so you suck at journalism too yeah, yeah. now it's all like court okay. evidence it's like the character character evidence in a in a um court trial it's like well you said um i don't know you said Blacks are crazy <laughs> on Twitter than years ago. So your article is dismissed. I mean, that's a pretty crazy thing to say, but <laughs> you get my point. <laughs> I just wanted to say real quick, it, it is funny that like, I could be like, I asked Nick Whitmer how big his dick was, and he refused to comment. <laughs> it's like, what's yeah. he hiding? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the thing. That's, that's what they do hide, though. It's like, it's... Wow, Whitmer's getting evasive, starting to sweat. <laughs> Change the subject. Change the subject. Um, um, Unlike Brett, who owns his tiny dick. (laughs) That'd be great if they just like all the reporters just got together and just like April Fool's Day or something, just got together in the president's like White House conference, but and they all just asked about his dick. (laughs) Like, Mr. President, how big is your dick? What? Next question. Mr. President, I also want to know how big your dick is. (laughs) Trump storms off the stage. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. That's so funny, Christian. And this is why Trump sucks is it feels like it's politically like, yeah, it's just fucking hilarious to do that to literally any president. But it seems like we're we're trying to do like a, yeah, Trump's evil because he's a small dick. It's like, all right, so what if it's a normal dick or a huge dick? Then what? Is your... Are you now a fucking idiot in that because that's your perspective? But that would just be so funny yeah. to do to literally any president. 
<laughs> and then the, the other press secretary hops in. He is no more questions, please, about the president's penis. Um, I would like to know, like in the hypothetical world of this whole thing, is the 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 media and a lot of the media, I should say, has a clear bias against Trump. Like when you watch the press conference, like every question is like trying to bait them into saying something stupid. Like there's, and then like you look, just look at the newspapers, the headlines. There's a clear bias against Trump. There just is. And whether it's merit or not is a debate that we could have another time. But my question is, if the if the press wasn't this biased towards Trump and they just kind of they just reported on him like they did every other president, would would people think he's doing a good job? Because I kind of have a feeling that part of people liking Trump is that the media goes at him so hard and they think that it's part of like the fucking deep state and like it's a quote oh, yeah. conspiracy. So like if the if the if the press just kind of backed off and treated him like they treated Obama and like they asked the questions when something came up, like, you know, a story that, you know, whatever. But it wasn't like an incessive like bombardment of, you know, conspiracy accusations would what would his approval rating be like i don't know i i don't i have no idea obviously but i think it was just it was something i thought of i just wondered what would happen if they just treated trump like any other president would he be getting away with a bunch of shit or would he be doing such a poor job and everybody would be like yeah this guy sucks like you're if just, yeah. if there was no editorials whatsoever there's just like reporting facts but like the, like a normal because like right now everything's editorialized like back yeah. i'm talking like what if like the the press from like the 1970s or 80s or something was covering him where yeah. you know like they reported on news when they had the sourcing of it so like with with like with um uh watergate they had to get all these sources and they had to corroborate the information and this that and the other and they they did, but like I don't feel like they do that anymore. I just feel like they go after them whenever they they want. It just to me it paints a picture as the press. I mean, yeah, you're right. When like the next anchor, like one of the the shortlist for being a co-anchor of the next CNN nightly show is like literally Stormy Daniels, and you're like, all right, <laughs> should she really have been like the sigil of trying to take down Trump? Like, is you know. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 he's just such a. I just feel like he needs to go because of what he does to us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. liberals lose totally. their mind, conservatives triple down on bad opinions. Like I don't think anybody is even remotely, but they get all fired up. Like I don't. It's just he just needs to go. He just no one. He's like a drug no one can handle. Yeah. <laughs> And that's a good like practical base. Like forget even if forget even if anyone's reasonable about him on either side. Yeah. He just from a practical point of view, we can't get along with him in the office. Yeah. So yeah. just from that perspective, not that Biden's like gonna be the arbiter of total peace and people are just gonna hate Biden, but part of the reason they're gonna hate Biden forever is because he took down their guy. So we almost are going to be okay in like four elections. You know what I mean? Cause then it's going to be probably Kamala and they're going to be like, ah, but then after Kamala, I think it might be okay again, as far as like, all right. I I wonder how much, how smart the American people are, which I have have a feeling is not very. Why would you wonder about that? I watched the RNC and like every speech was just painting Biden as a socialist. And I'm just like, that's not remotely true. Like Biden to like to a fault to in the, the opinion of some liberals has been moderate. 
like Biden has been one of the few people to go across the the alley uh, the aisle and like you know get Republicans on stuff and he's a very moderate Democrat and uh, that's part of the reason why Obama picked him is because everybody perceived Obama as this super lefty so he literally picked Biden because he's the most moderate Democrat so like if yeah. you're if you're an American person I'm just an average guy and you turn on the RNC last night and you're like you're just listening to these speeches about how Joe Biden is a socialist, wouldn't you be like, oh, that's a fucking lie. They're just lying. They have nothing to well, go with this lie. Or they just like, yeah, he is a socialist. And I just feel it. like they're going to win again. They're like, they this simplify what, things better. Democrats complicate things. Republicans simplify things. Well, this is, this is here's two examples of that. First off, the, the, their RNC's platform was not a, they didn't have a platform. Forget even the stripe. They literally said, our platform we don't have a platform we just support trump and i'm yeah. like well that's not a plan secondly the rnc like the republican it now has become like donald trump's platform is like you think it's bad now just wait till he gets in office <laughs> <laughs> and you're like wait 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 yeah. wait wait you're the one who made it or is a component of why it's so bad now yeah, like you don't get to go. Like, you think it's fuck now? Just wait till you change things. Yeah, I, I mean, back to the earlier point. It's like Trump is a, uh, he's like a girlfriend that we a toxic, a girlfriend that we're in a toxic relationship with, but we can't leave because the sex is too good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> on both sides, <laughs> just like we're fighting with our family. Like our friends keep telling us, like, dude, you gotta break up. <laughs> But she then he just her. fucks the shit out of us in the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. That's yeah. that's sterlingly accurate. But um, I, I wanted to talk about this because I brought it up to you guys in text last night, but it's just so funny to me. Um, uh, <laughs> I got to do it. WWE is doing this thing where they're having um, fans in the audience, but they're virtual fans. So they set up screens and people are zooming in and are being live audience members. And this goes what? back to this goes back to the thing about like um, joking and like just like fucking with the president and just being funny because it's funny, right? Yeah, quick so, question. How big yes. are the screens? Like uh, are they like computer laptop size? Are they like like big and- I would say probably like I don't know, like a poster size or like all right, yeah. Just honestly, just so you could kind of see it from your. You could definitely screen. see it from your like, yeah. You could definitely what? see it. From, yeah. On TV, it, it actually sort of looks like there might be people there. It kind of like, it's a nice atmosphere anyway. But the funny thing to me is like, inevitably, of course, people are gonna fuck around on those screens because there's just no way to monitor that other than cutting their feet. So, <laughs> last night they had Raw, and there's literally one dude sleeping on his camera. There's one dude. One dude put up a uh, a picture on his screen of Chris Benoit, who a former wrestler who notoriously murder suicided his whole family. Um, at one point, somebody put up a beheading video. <laughs> and then somebody put up Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho was in a movie where he played a Klansman, so <laughs> he put up Chris Jericho in a clan hood, and like. I'm looking at the reaction to this by people on Twitter and stuff. They're like, this is fucked up, man. A lot of people are like saying, this is why we can't have nice things. I'm like, like, come on, man. That's funny. Like, 
it's not your company. You know what I mean? Like you're not. This is what they're gonna do. They're gonna go. Ah, someone's fucking around. Cut their cut their screen. And it's funny. It's like I don't know, man. Like there's something funny to me about the dude who like screams Baba Booey. Like it, yeah. it is stupid, but it's also like, yeah, thank you yeah. for doing that, dude. It's like I was so there's a school that's like two blocks from us, and they like on the front of uh, the fence they put like a big. <laughs> poster with every kid's face like yearbook picture on it of the graduating class and as i walked by i looked at it and i go it'd be really funny to draw dicks on those kids faces because <laughs> it would be it would be funny it would be funny to see dicks on their face yeah. i'm sorry i'm not it saying is. i would do it but it would be hilarious if i saw that if i saw that i would take a picture and send it to you guys and be like this is hilarious. we need to sell pearls to people so that they can literally <laughs> Like, if you want to clutch your pearls, like, they, here they are, that we have them for sale, and they're very cheap, $5 for a string of pearls, because it's like, how can you, that Christian, that thing you talked about reminds me of, like, when a, basically, like, a really funny, unruly kid in class, you know, say, like, a Brett Rabel or whatever, no, but not <laughs> when a, when a, like, a really funny, unruly kid in class did something really funny, how the fuck can your reaction be like, that is so disrespectful to Mrs. Barker right. Fisher? Like, <laughs> yeah. why yeah. are you fighting with the authority figure? They're right. supposed to be punctured and kind of like fucked with. Yeah, yeah. Why, are you, why is everybody trying to be a responsible adult? Like, it, especially when things that don't matter, like, stop ruining my fake fighting with your jokes. Like, gives <laughs> a shit? This is fucking entertainment. They yeah. made it more entertaining. I mean, exactly. having... having Having Chris Chris Jericho, yeah. You know when Chris Jericho saw it, he was like, "Man, I really hate thumbnails." (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people won't know that this. I wouldn't have known it's from a movie. I don't know how evident it is that it's him. I don't know if it's like. I wonder, like, if you're an actor now and they're making like slave movies and stuff, why would you ever do? Why would you ever like be like, even if you're desperately unemployed, you'd be like, I'm not going to be a Klansman. Because all you have to do is take that screenshot and then just send it around and be like, yeah, that guy's in the Klansman. Yeah, but this is where you're fucked. Everybody will believe it. This is where you're fucked. There's going to be some desperate parent trying to get their kid a job and then they're just going to cast them as it. Yeah. Well, here's what, here's, it goes back to the cynical Hollywood thing. It's like everybody's trying to, be an actor in Hollywood. Everybody's trying to make it. So yeah, of course somebody's going to take the Klansman role. Yeah. Somebody's always going to take it because no matter what their politics are, they want to be famous. Like it doesn't. But matter. also, well, that's silly to not be willing to play in a part or exactly. act because it's an evil person. Like sure. Yeah. What we're not going to ever have Hitler in shit? No. Put Hitler in every movie. I love it. <laughs> no, but like it is true that like. Why would it be weird that people can feel uncomfortable? It is like with playing a part. Of course, you should believe in your acting chops. Yeah. If you're going to, I mean, if you're going to like have a character say the N word, you know. Right. You want it to be a big budget thing for sure. I remember Jordan when he first got to New York and he was like desperate and lonely for friends and comedy. He, he has this great story of like, he was at a mic and someone thought he was kind of funny and was like, dude, you want to be in our sketch? And he's like lit up. He's like, oh, I'd love to be. And then they sent him the script and his character was like a bro who said the N-words. <laughs> and 
uh, he had to be like, yeah, I don't think I want to do this for no money, <laughs> no accolades. And now I just forever have video online of me saying the N word. That's a very smart decision by him because that was I years know, really ago. Really early. Yeah. Years ago. He, he called it early because I gotta be honest with you. If it were me, I'd have been like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I asked Whitmer two weeks ago and he's like, fucking yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, yeah. Going back to the screen thing they did in the NBA, they have like the Zoom screens for all the fans. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Clippers <laughs> are playing the Mavericks right now. And uh, the best player for the Mavericks is a guy named Luka Doncic. He's so fucking good. But there is this he's like video. a seven foot. Is he German? What is he? No, he's like Slovenian, I think. Um, okay, he's yeah. Like yeah. A, he's like a six seven or six eight point guard. He's huge. He's he's amazing. But. Uh, the other night he hit a game-winning shot. Like literally, as the clock was expiring, he had chucked a three and hit it. Um, and the funny part about it is, is they show like right behind him is like the wall of Zoom screens, and there's yeah. this really chubby kid who has the Luka Doncic jersey on, and he's he clearly fell asleep, but he's like sitting <laughs> in a position that he looks like Cartman from like the World of, World of yeah. Warcraft episode. Right. He just like he's just the slime ball, just laying down with a jersey on. And he's completely sleeping. And then Luka Doncic hits this game-winning shot. Everybody's like, oh! And the kid is still just fucking comatose. <laughs> and it's so fucking funny to like be in someone's living room and seeing that. On another screen to the left is Chris Benoit's picture. <laughs> <laughs> they should just do that for every sports thing. <laughs> Dude, imagine how funny it would be if there was an entire stadium of Chris Benoit's oh. Oh my god! Me and Christian did a Zoom comedy show for the first time last week, and oh, uh, yeah. I, I sat down on the computer and you see like the little boxes and stuff, and one of them was just Michael Jackson's face, and I was like, "Yeah, hilarious. <laughs> yeah you're not going to go. Hi, no, take that down now. Take it down. This is a comedy show. Stop joking around." <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fucking. I don't know. I just don't like how everybody's become responsible and like. Yeah, it's lame. Like, I, you know what it is though. It's also like it does get weird because like, I go on 4chan, and I was thinking this the other day. It's like if you if you take 4chan at face value, it's really the most horrific thing in the world. Like everybody's being horrible and saying possible things and having the worst opinions. But if you go into it, assuming everyone's just trying to be funny, it's absolutely hilarious. (laughs) Like It's brilliantly funny. And you just got to hope that nobody's serious. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But then it's also like, it takes away the funny whenever people put like slash S I'm like, oh, you just ruined the joke. Do you know that online language for sarcasm? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh no. someone will write a comment or a whatever, and then they put slash S, and that's the way of signifying sarcasm. And it to me, it's like saying something funny, sarcastic in real life, and then going sarcasm, and you're like, yeah. well, now that's it's not funny anymore. Yeah, I don't know. That's just... somewhat, yeah. We're going back to kind of what we were talking about before with the wrestling people and like, the joke and everything is we, we touched on this in our group chat, but like when someone puts that, you know, sarcasm tag in there, it's like, I, it's all people are just so afraid of getting canceled. Like mm-hmm. it's I mean, like, there's everything they do is, is in service of them getting canceled. So like if anything risky comes up, they immediately get, you know, startled and like, Oh no, we can't talk about this. It's like not to be an extremist by any means, but like, 
there's this thing in like the Soviets, Soviet Russia, when um, Stalin was, was taking charge and he was just murdering everybody. They would like stand in semicircles and kind of put their shoulders up and like whisper shit to each other that they weren't able to say, you know, in out loud. Um, and it was like a way of protecting yourself. So like no one would overhear you and report you and get you fucking whacked by Stalin. Mm -hmm. I feel like we're like, we, no one's getting physically killed, but like, that's where we are. It's like, everybody's a snitch. Everybody's taking screenshots. Everybody's looking into your life where you were married, Ryan Reynolds, like things like that, where they're like, they're just digging for shit, looking for shit to cancel you with. And, and I really think it's fucking Twitter and, and, and mostly Twitter, but I mean, it exists on Reddit and 4chan to an extent. Um, I just think it's bad. I think, I think the internet's the worst thing that ever happened to humans. I really do. I think it's also it's a, it's so interesting to me in telling that the the phrase for it is getting canceled. It's just it's so indicative of like to me of like how everybody wants to be like famous really. So yeah. it's like we're going to cancel you. Like like as if you had the power. Like we're going to cancel yeah. your show, Nick Whitmer. Yeah. It's like we're going to cancel your life because uh it's like the only way we we can like even relate to each other's through tv terms and like all it's just so odd to me like it's not like we're gonna you're fired it's not you're fired it's you're canceled like yeah I don't it, know. It, that's like no there because i do believe everyone on twitter a little bit wants to be a professional television comedy or right. film screenwriter yeah uh, like or like everybody wants because it's the it's media everyone is in yeah. the media game and no one, like, maybe not no one, but, you know, I think in our heads, all of us would rather be uh, Paul Thomas Anderson than the guy who podcasts about Paul Thomas Anderson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, so it's kind of, I think, like, everyone is, you take someone out and it's like, all right, one more post just opened up. A little, yeah, exactly. I yeah. really do think a little bit is that. Oh yeah, think, yeah. It's not, and I've, I might have said this before, but it's not Highlander. You know what I mean? Like you don't fucking like it's not. That's not how it works. Like the guy, it, yeah. No, Quentin Tarantino gets canceled. You don't get to make his tenth movie. You know? What yeah, I mean? they, like, they're not like, all right, fine, we'll let you do <laughs> that. But the guy who you know a while back, the uh, comedian Shane Gillis got canceled from SNL for an old podcast clip that came up. That will never happen to any of us because of the good news part of it. But, um, um <laughs> no, nah, just kidding. But, uh, so one guy like unearthed his podcast footage from many, you know, years ago or whatever it was, two years ago. And that guy was like a comedy, right? Also in comedy, like a writer follower of it. Yeah. And I just think the guy who canceled him or contributed to it should have to take a lie detector test where they go, have you ever dreamed of being on SNL in your entire life? Yeah. When you were 12 and you watched Chris Farley, did you kind of think a little bit, man, it'd be cool to do that? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, it's, it's nauseating, man. I, you know, that's the thing too. Like the RNC last night, they were literally talking about cancel culture. They're like using it as, as if it's Biden's political policy His platform and, and, and that's just so funny that that everybody is like i, I just hate how fake everything is i hate saying that because i think that's like one of my yeah, favorite family guy jokes is that guy who's like that's phony you <laughs> phony because it's like that guy sucks you know but it's like no there's this lack it's everything's disingenuous and everybody's well, and it's just all it just fucking what, 
But that's what, like, that's honestly kind of what the Republican Party has become is they wage these sort of, they feel like grand wars, but they're kind of pointless. They wage pointless cultural wars and bring up kind of not as actually affecting society culture battles in service of enraging people so that they can pass laws that truly really only favor uh, the upper, upper crest of society. Yeah. Uh, so like there'll be like tr- transgender bathrooms and you're like that's not actually fucking affecting enough of the country just relax or they'll bring up like a college cafeteria says we shouldn't serve sushi because it and like all right yeah one college is fucking stupid but that's <laughs> not all of society like just but, it, but the, it's it's funny because the way that they do it though is they go one college says serving sushi is cultural appropriation. So don't elect Biden. It's like, what is he yeah. have to do with it? It's not like he's <laughs> right. a guy. It's not like yeah, he made exactly. the call. It's like so <laughs> fucking dumb. That, that's what I'm wondering. This election will be a good IQ test for the country. Because now that I saw the RNC's like plan for the campaign and like what, what's going to happen just going between now and November, it's completely running on the things that you hate. Cancel culture, you hate that, right? You hate this? Well, guess what? Joe Biden. It's like, well, he like, if anybody has any sense, they realize that, oh, Joe Biden has nothing to do with cancel culture. Joe Biden can't even use Twitter. Like, he's too old. To, like, Joe, Joe Biden almost got canceled. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. For hugging people. Yeah. But yeah. here's the thing. The, the funny thing is they always go like, because I, I end up watching a lot of Fox News. But the thing is, is they always go like, uh, Wisconsin schools aren't going to. Are calling this cultural appropriation? And he's like, "This is this is what's going to happen in Joe Biden's America." And I'm like, "Okay, but, but it happened in Trump's America." So <laughs> what's <laughs> so what's that's, your point? Yeah, that's a yeah, that's so fucking they, accurate. They did that. Actually, I'm trying to remember the context of it. Last night, they said something along those lines. I think it was Donald Trump Jr.'s speech. He said something about it was very much like that, where they, he said an example of like, "This is what's going to happen when Biden gets president." I'm like. But it happened last week. Like, he's not president. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, all the rioting and the stuff. They're literally talking about all the rioting and all the fucking looting and the people are going into these businesses. And then what do you think when Biden gets president? I'm like, this is all happening under Trump. How are you blaming Biden for this? It has nothing to do. <laughs> Their next step is, I mean, people are literally like on Fox News. They'll literally just show a snapshot of you know a guy breaking a window to take a whatever, and they're literally going to be like, "Thanks, Obama." Yeah, it's his his fault. Okay, that's so fucking funny. Uh, It's never a good sign when five of like twelve keynote speakers have the same last name. Yeah. that, just that was, for any event, just any event. I don't care if it's a corporate meeting about software development or a political campaign or whatever. If, if almost half of your speakers are related, you know, just wonder why. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Well, I think we just solved it, guys. Um, mm-hmm. It's over. Just to be the IQ test, if Trump wins... If Trump wins this time, I really, truly believe we're fucked, not because of his presidency, but because of what that means. Like, that's an implication that you can just lie, cheat and steal and nobody will care (laughs) and you can still win a presidency. And it's not even like a a shadow 
situation where there's shadow lying, stealing, and cheating. It's literally there's they're just blatantly doing it. They're blatantly defunding the post office. They're just doing whatever they can to try to swing this their way. If this works and the American people tolerate this and enough people vote for him and not enough people vote for the other side, it just means we're our society where we have a bunch of fucking idiots who live here and the, the American experience is, experiment is over with and we're fucked. So there's that, guys. Good. Anyway, Good thanks for tuning in, everybody. Fun <laughs> uh, ending. Uh, now, where can they find it, Wit? Uh, I am on uh, 4chan. Uh, <laughs> my name is uh, Nazis for Life. With a, the four in the middle. So, Just um, to be clear, Christian has been, in the last 10 minutes, Christian has said he's on 4chan a lot and he watches a lot of Fox News. So I feel like I don't I'm, really know that. And I'm completely huh? against diversity in movies. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, you can. Uh, 2020, baby. Christian. Uh, Christian has a nice. Instagram, you'll find me. It doesn't matter. At Brett Raybould, Christian, go. Uh, I just want to say I do watch Fox News, but I like I always turn it off really quickly because it's just it really is like I've, I used to be like a, a dude who's like, oh, well, you know, give the other side a chance. But now I'm just like, dude, this is just insane. This is blatant insanity. Anyway, Christian Duran SVP on Instagram, ChristianDuranComedy.com, King Latif on Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Play, all that good stuff. Stream that shit. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a good week. Ta-ta. Boom.